Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Right, okay, this is Filthy Shambles, Season 3, Episode 22. This is Spooky, obviously. I should know my name by now. And I'm joined by Dan. I should know your name pretty well. Mr. Regular, how you doing? Yeah, all good, pal. All good. You all right? Yeah, well, no. I mean, like, a little bit gutted to hear uh, just obviously, before we yeah, sat yeah, down yeah. to recall that Benton Core is going to miss two and a half months, um, ligaments, on his ankle, thanks to Matty Cash of Aston Villa, who I think also, he did damage to Doherty, didn't he, last season? He did. The season before? Yeah. I can't, can't, I can't it, was, it was last season or the season it was before. Last season. But... Fucking prick. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely... Gut- I mean, we'll talk about this. We'll come back to Benton Core later when we talk about the Villa game, but... Like for a guy who's been out for so long and obviously trained to get back into shape, and he's the minutes he's given us since he's come back from his injury have just kind of shown us what we've missed. And he's not even he's not even managed to reach these his potential. Obviously, it's just a handful of appearances, and then to to lose him again. I mean, I, we're sat here devastated, like most Spurs, like all Spurs supporters. But for the player, like psychologically, to get over. To get over all that time and to get to get back to fitness and then to be out again with a completely different injury for for nearly three months. I mean, we won't see him again until next season in terms of top top form. Um, like, are you are you? Because I've seen people mention this. Are you a little bit concerned that we might never see Benton Core at the level that we know he can play at? Just because of you know, yeah. you pick up a couple of injuries one after the other. Does that change your mentality going into games, or does he have to be fearless when he goes into games? Well, each like, time he gets it. one of these types, each time he gets one of these injuries, it makes it less and less likely, doesn't it? It's not ideal to come back from eight months off and then get that, and then be out for another ten weeks as well. When you, you know, you're just trying to build momentum and stuff. Because I don't know how that's even going to affect like. Because he's still effectively in rehab, right? Like for his knee injury. Like when you think about it, because he's only just sort of coming back into it. So I don't even know if that's going to even now affect... Obviously, the guys at the club, I think, have done a really good job in getting him back like this, right? Like, you know, he seemed to be looking absolutely fine, barring a horrendous tackle from from an opposition player. So, you know, he was turning fine. He was doing all these things. He had some silk touches in the game, even at the weekend. And, you know, you you just hope that this doesn't... Because potluck now will be that he gets he recovers from this ankle injury and he'll he'll do his knee again or something because of the timeout that he's just had, which wouldn't have been ideal for his rehab. You know, he's just got to be managed like so carefully. I, I think that the, the lucky thing with us is that when we've got everyone fit, we've played, we've won all our games this season without him. So, yeah. you know, I think that obviously we've got the the AFCON coming up, but we'll talk about that later. But my point, but the general point I'm making is that we can clearly win games, even the, against the best teams without him. Um, but, it's, but yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a worry. I just, I just have to hope that he comes back as, as strong as he did 
from the knee injury and and that we get to see him regularly again because it's I think it's clear to see that when he's fit he's going to be someone that Ange is want is going to want to keep using he's, because he's, he's clearly been Royce. keen to get him involved, isn't he? He's a Rolls Royce footballer. Like mm. like I I think you know, in amongst all the, the, the drama that we've had, right, and the trauma that we've had uh, over the last couple of seasons, and, and obviously last season we never really get, got to see Basuma. Obviously we knew up until Bentancourt picked up his injury how good of a player he was, and we kind of didn't miss him. We kind of we didn't forget about him, but we, we kind of got very much immersed into the world, uh, the footballing uh, world of Basuma, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, He's actually a really good player as well, and suddenly you're thinking, depth-wise, Spurs in in the middle, in the at the core of the midfield, have got an incredible selection of players. You've got Saar, who's a young guy, raw, but he's he's shown a lot of maturity beyond his age, and obviously he needs refi- refinement. But we've got really good players there. But obviously, you want to compete at the very highest level, especially when you're looking at European football as well. Hopefully, next season, the more the merrier in the middle. Um, it's just at the minute we're going to have to do the rest of this season, whatever that turns out to be, uh, expectation-wise, uh, without him. Um, you know, I'm not. It's not that I'm sat here thinking, oh, we're going to miss him for the next, you know, two months. Obviously, we will. I'm not thinking. I'm I guess I'm not thinking short term. I'm just thinking long, long term for him. In in terms of, does it impact? Does it impact his ability to recover from any injury, from any knock? Um, does it uh, does it impact his his mental state? Like I said, you know, there's a psychological aspect to mm. this. Um, I just because... don't want him to be another Dembele who's constantly picking up. Like he was another one who had bad knee, bad knee injury, bad ankle injury. Like, and then by the end, like, and then when they're fit, they're so good, but they can just start easily picking knocks up, and then you just don't know. This is it. This is the, the next time they're going to go. I mean, the good news is it will probably mean he'll never leave us, and it'll, because no one will bring, <laughs> want to buy him because of his injury record. But uh, it'll be another one of one of Listen. those, another another Ledley, another another Dembele. But um, well, look, oh, I don't know. I just want to see him back week in week out as soon as possible. That's just yeah. that's just what we need. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and like you said, we do have depth. You know, like we we say this every week when we talk about Tottenham, our, our midfield when they're fit and they're available, we've got. A lot of good players in amongst uh, in amongst that group, and we probably can do with another one chucked in, another one or two perhaps. Um, especially if we do, well, we will we will get back into Europe at some point, whether it's this season or next season. I'm sure it's going to be this season, whether it's the Champions League or it's, not. It'll be this, yeah, it'll be this season or next decade, no problem. Like, <laughs> I see what you've done there, but um, what is that? What you mean? Sorry, I don't, I don't know. You you need to let, let's ease up beating up on our, ourselves because we're going to beat <laughs> up on Tottenham a little bit, but not but not too much. I'm going to, to be honest, right? Let me just say this now. I'm not that I'm not that disheartened disheartened about Tottenham. I'm not that downbeat about Tottenham at all. Obviously, the injuries which we we, we speak about are just at a ridiculous level. It's like a, a cartoon level. It's like someone is making shit up as they're going along now. Every week something's happening and it seemed to all happen off the back of one game, off the back of potentially one moment. Um, and here we are now with a, I mean, someone posted a team, a full team of first team players that will not be available for the next game and, and for several games after that, which is it's just unreal. I mean, actually, fuck it. Let's just stick with the, the depressing side of stuff. Have we ever seen anything like this before? 
Like, have we ever had an injury crisis where we have lost the spine of, literally the spine of the team, more or less? I think the last time we probably had something like this would have been just before the COVID break when Mourinho was with us. Because if you think back to then, we lost Kane to a horrendous knee injury. Uh, No, hamstring injury, sorry. And luckily, we didn't end up losing him for much of that because of the the COVID break. So then he was back by the time the first game came around. Um, See, I I don't even remember that. Like, we lost him. We lost Son. Because Son had like a fucking broken arm or whatever it was that he had. Do you remember when he when he scored with yeah. the, the fracture yeah, yeah. in his arm and and all that? That was against Villa as well, wasn't it? That was that was Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure that we'd lost. I, I, we we must have been like another centre back down or something like that. Missing missing. I think we might have been missing Toby or Yan or something like that. And then I think Hugo was still. Out from like horrendous injury, I want to say, or maybe he was just back by that point because he broke his arm as well, like that season. Do you know what I mean? Like we had a really bad season yeah. that year for injuries, but even that wasn't as bad as this in terms of. I mean, for fuck's sake, we go back to it. One game we lost four players, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean, two of them were injuries and the other two were suspensions, so it's a bit different. And one of so- them's already back. But. Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to recover some of these players quicker than some of the some of the other footballers. I mean, it, you kind of forget that we lost Perisic and Solomon really early on, and Perisic is a type of player that could come on and do a really good job. Oh, we're missing him really badly. I think yeah, like someone yeah. to bring off the bench to give us yeah. just that that's something different. He's never going to play for us again now, no, is he? That's the thing. So it's like, yeah. I think he'll go in January in terms of like a pre-contractual agreement with another club maybe or something like that. I think so. I think it's, it's the fair thing to do as well because he, he he's obviously not going to be with us next season regardless of whether he was still playing now. He would, nah. he would have moved on anyway. Okay, so but just go on, go on. I was just going to say, but you, you yeah. were just touching on it that we are going to get people back soon and some of them quite quickly. Like next game, for instance, is a really tough game and we're already getting two another two key players back in Romero and um, Bissouma. So that is going to help massively. I mean, obviously, we're still going to be missing the likes of, you know, Bentoncourt. We're still going to be missing Madison, but we've got Saar coming back as well. So all of a Does sudden, Ro- we've doesn't got... Doesn't Romero what? miss City? Um. Or do you, do you, oh it, fucking hell! I've got a mate. You're right. He does miss City. Yeah. Fuck, but, no, but, no, 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 no. But the thing is, I, I keep thinking he's back for City as well. And then, I, then I remember it's his third game because of obviously Wolves and Villa. Um, oh, stupid but, cunt. But, you're right. Yeah. But 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 the point being is, I mean, okay, it's City away. We we get to City away. Um, we're going to get to a lot of things at some point in this podcast. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. We will get players back. It's just the, it's just the. Knowing with a strong starting eleven, and no team plays their strongest team every single week. There's always knocks, there's always suspensions. But to have gone the ten games and to have played extremely well in 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 probably all of them, just in terms of application and discipline, and just the way that we kept going and kept creating luck and, and kept winning games, sometimes at the death of the game itself. You know, with, with an eleven, let alone. What we what we would be capable of if we had an eleven and a bench and and obviously new players coming in. So again, I'm trying to be uh, positive. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to be positive. It's the only future Spurs can can basically um, create for themselves. We mm. know we need more players. 
what's happening right now is an absolute freak circumstance. I don't think it's anything that you can legislate for. You can say, oh, we could, we should have bought a centre-back in, uh, in, in the summer, and I don't disagree with that at all. That's the oh, one area, isn't it? Like that's yeah. the one particular area where you would, where we were all just we, sort of we, like a gog we, that we didn't get one more. Yeah, and it's and, and it, it would have helped. Obviously, it would have helped because um, when we talk about the Villa game, you know, playing four fullbacks at the back is is fantastic. Just because it's it's it shows the intent, doesn't it? it I mean, shows it the intent, but, 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 but but at the same time, he doesn't. It shows the lack of like judgment options. in the window not to get that done yeah. because he doesn't yeah. even want to play the one centre back option that he has got. Yeah. Yeah. Well look, um I, I just, let, let me just finish up on the training uh, on the training on the uh injury stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh with two things. The first being uh, tinfoil hat Claxon, do you think we've been given less decisions, less protection since the Liverpool game or do you think it's just football supporters just seeing things through the perspective of very biased opinions that you know no i'm not i'm not personally saying conspiracy but mm. there's been a lot of things there's been a lot of games where we've been roughed up a little bit maybe and i don't mind that because we've got players that can rough opposition players up as well but when you see matty cash get away with what you got away with um i hate calling him matty as well it's not like he's my fucking mate <laughs> um but cash you know there's been there's been a couple of a couple of games that you could argue where, and again I don't it's not like I'm admitting Tottenham were getting bullied, but it just felt like the referee could have done a little bit more. And I'm not and, and I know it sounds a bit like I'm, I'm whinging here and I'm moaning because like I said we've got players like Romero, we've got physical players that can get in amongst it and have got in amongst it, but you feel at least with Romero. He follows through, wins the ball, and leaves a mark on a player. If that's even yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the majority you know, of the time sensible. we're applauding Romero, but for the fact that he'll slide, he'll, he'll make a last ditch sliding challenge, but he's taken all of the ball, and he might swipe through someone's legs as part of that. But the ball is what he's taken the majority of, you know. Yeah. What I mean, I didn't even understand what Cash was trying to do. It was just such a reckless, stupid, spiteful challenge that I just don't understand. Like. I don't even know if this enters professional footballers' heads, but they're all peers with one another. They might not all be teammates, but with but amongst them as Premier League footballers, they're all peers with one another, right? Like they all fucking get on with each other, and they're all hanging out with people from different teams all the yeah. time, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't, I just don't understand how you could. You, it's not like he's not aware that he knew he'd fucked up as well because he was over there twice to try and apologise. Do you know what I mean for what he'd done? He knew he'd done it to someone who's just back from a long-term injury. I just don't know if there's this sense of just be fucking smart, like, and use your common sense and not run in, like, go in on someone like that. I've, uh, am I being ridiculous here when I'm suggesting something no, like that? It, Do you know what I mean? He was like, nowhere near the ball. He was the, he wasn't tackling to win the ball. But so you know like, what the worst bit is, Spook, is that I don't. The, the reason I was so angry when watching it was because partly because all you want to do is just go nuts as do you know what I mean but you can't because you're an adult so <laughs> you don't do that you just you have to sit there and all you can do is sort of say for fuck's sake I weren't even I wasn't even <coughs> excuse me I wasn't even surprised that he didn't get sent off because I just at the same time it, I was I almost didn't think it was a red card challenge at the same time because in my head a red card is like going in high doing breaking someone's leg do you know what I mean or something of that ilk but what he'd done was just reckless, like extremely reckless. But I, I wouldn't have 
expected to have seen red there. I was more shocked that he then done another one, which was like he stopped a doggy on the break. I think it was a doggy anyway. He stopped someone on the break, and that for me, that's a yellow card challenge, and he didn't get a second yellow. Like well, this that again, is what I'm I think. About, I think right? Again, I think that's the referees bottling that situation. They've done it all season, not just with us. All games, I've seen it going on this season. Well, it's like it's like. Um, I mean, we might as well just get rid of this 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 little uh, segment um, in this part before we actually do talk about the Villa game and and, and try and uh, drive forward with some of that positivity, even though we did mm. lose. Um, VAR wasn't functioning at the beginning of the game and no, missed, just... missed the elbow on Brian Hill in the penalty <laughs> area. Like any other club, right? Liverpool. And that, and, and that is like two weeks worth of headlines and debates. Um, how, how, I mean, look, let, let's think about this logically. Referee runs onto the pitch. Excuse me. Referee runs onto the pitch. His audio isn't working. He runs. Why is off. the game the allowed? Delayed. Exactly. Why is the yeah. game even allowed to start without it? Yeah. You, you've you've literally got VAR, which is there supposedly to support the officials and relook at incidents and the rest of it. And they're going to start the game without the functionality being available because what they think? Oh well, we might strike lucky lads and nothing happens controversially in the opening couple of minutes while we try and fix this. Supposedly, everybody knew about this on the pitch. I, I don't know if that meant the players knew, but that makes it even worse because you could probably get away with it. I think, I think, <laughs> you know I'll, I mean? I'll be honest, I don't think enough's been made out of it to, uh, now that you said it because I've not really seen much about it anywhere other than on your typical Spurs forum, of which I've not even really been looking at myself anyway, to be honest. I, very, I do very little these days, but... You're very, you're right that if this was Liverpool had found out about it and they made a song and dance of it, we'd be talking. It, everyone would be talking about it in terms of Sky mm. and all the rest of it, right? But like, for me, that isn't that is we the word we've been using all season, not just us, but like you've heard pundits throwing around words like incompetence and gross incompetence and yeah. stuff like that, like about the PGMOL and the referee and all and the officiating in general all season, and they just keep like. And you, and you talk about like conspiracy and stuff like that, Spook. I don't think that that's even possible because I don't think that they're smart enough to even yeah, conspire yeah, it, against the team in the first exactly. place. Like they cannot get their shit together. Yeah, and exactly. If 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 you if every single game it's incompetence, mate. That's all it is. But I think that it's ridiculous. Like you, you, if if you've got every single game VAR is in place in the Premier League, right? If you if the technology isn't working and you can't get it working, I don't. That game can't go ahead as far as I'm concerned. You've got to almost postpone it or something. Because how is that in the interest of fair competition? Where's the integrity? You've got to have the same conditions set for absolutely every single football match. I don't understand it. I, I actually, what I, what I forgot to do before we started recording is, you know, there's there's a, a I want to say it's on Sky Sports, uh, where they have uh, referees and officials and pundits, and they, they talk, I think they review VAR from mm. the weekend. I think they might have asked the question, why did the game start without the, the, the VAR functionality? They might have asked something around it. So I will look into that. And, and I mean, the whole subject, by the way, bores me to death. So I think subconsciously, I probably forgot to watch it on purpose because, you know, I'm now reading that they want to give VAR more to look at. Like they want to look at literally everything. Like if it's, if it's bad enough, the referees probably do feel utterly fucking useless right because they know mm. they're going to they're be reviewed by var and therefore then they have to find this common ground 
to kind of save face or whatever else. If you're gonna t- if you're gonna basically take away everything that, that they could look at throw-ins and free kicks and corners and, and it really is that the solution to, to we haven't even got it right at this the basic level that we've got at the minute we still don't really understand how to deal with offside and and you want to just say machine does everything and it's not really the machine doing anything right it's humans input that's fundamentally the problem here as it's always been because mm. humans are just or for some reason our culture is is so apologetic in the moment so it it's like we offend everyone in some instances in society but in in this instance, people are just really protective of each other. The, the, the referees don't want to make other referees look bad and they don't want to do anything that's just fucking grab it by the scruff of the neck and just please bring back some logical, seamless decision making that it's quick and it's easy and it's it's and it's just done. It's just mm. done in the moment. Whereas what we're getting is everything needs to have a, a, a second look. Everything needs to be checked. You sat there watching the scoreboard, the, the TV screens, waiting to see what the decision is because the play is going to be pulled back. You, you, you score and you're immediately looking at the lino to then see if it's going to go to VAR. It's just everything is... is, is it's, this is a game that you're meant to be immersed in and the immersion is, gets broken by these stupid things. And now I saw something today about sin bins. Like fucking leave it yeah, alone. Good, yeah, Just that's going to get it trialed. It's, it's it's a joke, isn't it? I mean, it's more and more becoming. They're trying. It's like they're trying to make it more and more like rugby or American football. I mean, in comparison, they both should be shit sports in comparison to football. Do you know what I mean? But like mm. the way it's going. It's just going to be. I don't think you're going to be able to differentiate much between them because. But but you know what, Dan? Those sports. I mean, I was watching basketball the other. If anyone watches NBA, you know the way that they go and they re, they re look at maybe a potential foul or, or whatever, and all the, the the officials are at the monitors, and then he's mic'd up and he he speaks his decision out to everybody, and then they know what's going on. They they kind of do that in rugby. I'm pretty sure. You know, every every other sport seems to do it perfectly fine, but VAR from what I've seen across the world seems to be a, like a pig's ear every time. Um, it's just, but anyway, spent way too much time um, talking about VAR because it's not going to change anytime soon. And in this instant, you know, we could have got in this instance, we could have got a penalty, you know, maybe possibly with, 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 with that elbow. I don't know. Yeah. The, the point is, the point is, it's just it's just another another thing that will be swept under the carpet probably because it spurs and it's funny when things like this happen um, to Tottenham. But we're do- so- but we're also doing what we should do, which is like there's been something ridiculous happen, and we've just got to get on with it because you can't do anything else. We're not going to ask for we're not going to demand replays and all that nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Like you have yeah, it at the yeah. end of the day, just got to get on with it. And yeah. it was a game that we still could have won anyway, or probably should have won. Well, okay. Anyway. So let's get talking about that. Um, not going to lie, Dan, a bit of a bit of a chubby, bit of a semi when I saw the lineup. I was like, mm. "What the fuck?" Like, imagine not going with well, well, we didn't, but imagine playing Eric Dyer or, or going with the type of lineup that we probably would have gone with in the past four seasons. A very contained uh, um, lineup, a safe lineup. You know, mm. get a point at least. And and and, and Ange Postacoglu, 
who has been getting some criticism from the media, surprise, surprise. Um, again, doesn't go... It's not like we... It's not like it's... I'm not being pragmatic here. He's, he's being pragmatic to his philosophy. And let's be honest as well, the football produced in pockets was beautiful. Some of the best I've seen from Tottenham this season in pockets. Yeah. And this is without Madison. This is without key players. It's just the movement and the receiving of the ball and the running into space. On another day, we win this comfortably. We didn't. And we get to why we didn't in a moment. But, you know, the lineup. Did you get a chubby as well? Yeah, because... Here saw, we go. Before, before I saw it, there was plenty of rumours dinging about all of a sudden that he's going to go Royale at centre-back with Davis. And I thought, blimey. Like when I first heard it, I didn't know like almost what to what to think because it's like four fullbacks in the back line. Like what we, what what's, what what could possibly go wrong? Then when I saw it, I was just like, yeah, do you know what? It's, it's just go for it, isn't it? And I, it it does make me more and more sort of just like what I'm hit, what I'm seeing from this guy. And I know that ultimately you want to win football matches, but I think that. You can only, I think the only people that will be really disappointed about this, like to the point where they're, you know, you know, feeling suicidal, is that they feel like we should be winning the league or something like that because we won the first 10, 12 games, whatever it was that we won, right? Mm. So, but that was never going to happen. Do you know what mm. I mean? If we'd, if we'd have never have won those games in the way that we did, we also wouldn't be shot because that would have been more in line with what we were expecting the start of the season to be like. So it's almost like we've had a course correction in terms of like what what the sort of trajectory of our se- our season's looking like. It is going to be a bit up and down, especially between now and the end of the season. And it's just so much uncertainty with these injuries and not knowing what we're going to do in January. But at least we're making the best of it with the players that we have got. And he's not. Old. And I don't think it's a case of. The Bielsa's about. I don't. He doesn't give me like the Bielsa vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like by mm. the time his tenure ended at Leeds, it was a joke. They were conceding five, six every single game because they would wouldn't let go of this man for man, man to man marking system. They were pressing ridiculously high, and like they needed to shut up shop, and they weren't doing it. Whereas I feel like we've got players who are good enough to do what they're being asked to do because we've got better players than what Leeds had. You know, and. I just uh, I think that the way we play isn't quite the same, but overall, like you can just tell that the players are clearly, but they're bought into him, and I think that that's that's all we can't ask for more than that. We just have to hope that it then comes together on the day. And if you forget all that bullshit, like forget the injuries, forget the refereeing stuff. There was a game that we we created so many chances. Like how many times have we watched? But it's not like we haven't seen this before. We've watched mm. Spurs before create so many chances and still lose a game. It's just, that's just football, and that happens. Yeah. Um. So I think there was still a lot of positivity to take from the game. I think the players will still be in really good spirits, and we'll still have a lot of belief going into the weekend coming up, at least. Anyway. Yeah. I, again, you know the, the we can't not talk about the injuries, but the fact that. The culture, player to player, collectively, individually, that like players are playing to the best of their abilities, and it's been amplified by the the tactics and the belief that Ange Postecoglou uh, gives to the uh, to the team and the players, and the fact that we are creating chances, and and you know it does feel it does feel like a mixture of just being a little bit unlucky and perhaps just not quite the right level of finesse when it comes to staying on side uh, and. And maybe a little bit of inexperience with Brian Keel and 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 
Johnson, maybe not inexperienced, but just um, not being decisive in terms of, you know, you're in a position, have a have a go. Just try and score from the position you're mm. in. You don't have to go for the, what you think is the safer option and square it, which would, would be the responsibility falls onto someone else in that in that moment. Um, just be a, a little bit more ruthless. And, and, and these type of things, you know, you don't tend to have game after game after game where you're absolutely destroying the XG for, for all the nerds out there. You know, at some point you're going to bury a team and it could have quite easily have been on, um, on, on a Sunday, you know, mm. If Decky doesn't hit the the woodwork, it's a little bit like if if Son had scored that second against Chelsea and he wasn't, yeah, and he was on side, sliding doors moment. It, isn't it? Again, I mean, here's the thing. I said, I think I said this on the the fighting cock on Monday. We could, or maybe maybe I blogged it. I can't, I cannot remember where I said this, but if we could basically um, have beaten Chelsea. And not lost against uh, Wolves and beaten and beaten Villa, right? Mm. Still be top, okay. And yet the problems that Spurs have to fix, and the improvement Spurs have to to to, to reach in terms of capacity would not have changed. And they're exactly the same right now in this moment. Right now, the problem is what we what we're doing right now is is not the ideal preparation for the seasons ahead for Postacoglu because he can't play he can't drive the momentum forward and we can't overachieve a little bit and 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 do really well to be able to maybe cut a few corners in that in that development mm. uh, what, what the advantage or the positive you can pull out of the negatives is that he's learning a lot about the players about the de- the depths uh, in in character that they have I don't know if that's the right way to, to to say that but just in terms of you know, there's a bit of adversity. How are we going to react to it? You know, we're kind of bare bones levels, um, but we're st- but everyone is still on the same page. So as much as you can say, well, you know, we're going to struggle. We might be seventh next week. And we, you know, that's fine. There's nothing we can do about that because we yeah, yeah, exactly. it's fine. Out. It's only is December it? that we're coming into. Do you know what I mean? Like there's still, there's still a long way to go this season. I think, I mean, the, 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 some of the stuff that we were doing at the weekend, I thought that it was just that final, final ball so, on so many occasions, wasn't it? Too and many occasions, yeah. I think that it was really frustrating to watch at times because it was almost like, I think Johnson and, um, I'll be honest, I think Johnson, Kulisevsky and Hill were all fairly guilty of it at different times where you could see what the plan was. You had Johnson on the right and Hill on the left, yeah? So they're both on their, their stronger feet is their right, with Johnson and left yeah. with Hill. So the yeah. idea is to get balls into the box, clearly. And you could tell that that was the plan because they both kept doing it. But it would the, put the, they were doing it at the point where a lot of the chances they had, that people would be saying, just shoot instead of cross it. I don't think that they always necessarily had the right or best opportunity to, to shoot either. But it was just the decision-making in that moment of they didn't... I feel like they they could have just stopped with the ball and then maybe try to start again, recycle possession a little bit, rather than just sort of aimlessly pass into the box, regardless of whether or not we've got a player there or Villa have a player there. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit aimless. It was almost like they were following a system, following an, an instruction, which I do get. But you but you have to be able to still have, you know, you've got to be able to spot the player that you're passing to, like because otherwise, like it's just pot luck, isn't it? Like. 
I, do you get what I'm saying? Like they yeah, were literally yeah, no, just I, passing, I, regardless of whether or not they thought there was someone there or not. Yeah, and I understand yeah. that that's just all to do with creating behaviours and uh, tr- sorry, training behaviours and muscle memory and all this sort of stuff. Like from from what goes on the training pitch to being implemented in a game, but. It was just really frustrating. You just thought that they would have learnt after one or two tries at that, just to take the time a little bit. Like look, look, look up for look up for someone else. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that, but at the same time, I can only comment on what I see. Like it just kept happening so many times. And then for the offsides, I was really I was raging about it. But then at the same time, you have got to just take a mo- like Villa are specialists at this. Like they're they're the leaders in Europe for most offsides that they create that they cause the other team yeah. to have i don't know the best yeah. way to say it or the correct yeah, yeah, way got, to say gotcha. it but but you get what i'm saying like yeah. they're, they're the they're the best at it in the league they're the best at it in europe i didn't, I didn't know that teams I, I missed i missed that stat so that, makes, I think, that, that does make sense then i think i think that so they 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 get you offside high up the pitch and deep so they they're, mm. they're obviously just really good at holding their line getting up together and you know ultimately you've got to remember emery's been with been with them since last season right so they're just much further along their sort of time with their current manager so they're going to be a lot more sort of well drilled if you like and all that kind of stuff um yeah whereas they're, we're they're... still we're obviously still getting to grips with what we're doing and we, we will get better at these things yeah no 100 percent. and look at the end of the day as well um you know you can you can look at you can look at the defense you know the, the way that we conceded late 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 you know, in, at the end of the first half, um, four fullbacks. Do you know? Like, if, you, if you've got centre back in the middle, you know, if you've got def- if you if, you, if you've got centre backs in the middle of defence where they need to be, then maybe you defend certain set pieces with a lot more tidy uh, defending. Um, so it's just it's just one of those things where even with this kind of makeshift hybrid team. I still came away thinking, how did we lose that? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, Decky, um, I think he's been playing really well. I think he still has levels to reach. Same. I think it's like he's he's grafting really, really well. He's doing so much running, so much work, yeah. and it's industrious. And maybe it's not always glamorous movement, but he's always involved in the way he goes past people so easily. Um, it's just he, he he's his potential again is going to rise to that point where we're talking about him like we did when he first displayed that he's attacking traits. But when he first displayed those traits, his style's a little bit different. It was kind of, obviously we were playing on the counter with Conte. So he's a bit more swashbuckle and, and kind of smashing through um, the, the offside um, and, and staying onside and then kind of curling balls in and whatever else. So, He's been asked to do a certain job at the moment, but you feel that he can add a lot more to it, and it could be cutting in and scoring, cutting in mm. and curling one in. And so, I'm, I'm, there's very few players I, I was critical of. It was more again in in defeat, like the players that that uh, impressed. I mean, who who impressed you the most? If you had to pick like two two or three players. Two or three players. I thought Porro was very good. Yeah, like I thought. I thought he, he gets better every time I see him this season. Yeah. I think he's showing more and more sides to his game than I think we we realised he had. Like, I'm I'm not seeing loads of difference between someone like him and Trent Alexander Arnold at the moment. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're both yeah, like yeah. really good footballers. You can say that. They could both like they both like his his ability to pick out like an amazing pass like for, for players that are up. But the amount of times that he would sort of dink it over the top, even on Sunday, because he was spotting the runner, like 
that was just like another side that we've not quite seen before. Whereas because a lot of the stuff that he's been sort of like known for is swinging in a good ball from out wide, right? But some yeah. of his passing this season, like his through his through balls and stuff, have been amazing. Um, so I thought he was really good again. Um, I thought I thought Benson Corp was really good until we went off. You know, yeah, of course, like, that was the obvious. I thought one. he was. I just thought yeah. he was running the midfield, um, and we probably he's that good that I think we would have won if he'd have stayed on. Um, and then the last one for me is Vicario. I thought he just made some more uh, two or three important saves again that obviously didn't win us or, or give give us the uh, the draw like within the game. Um, but I thought he kept us in the match. That he, do you know what I mean? He he kept us in it to within touching distance of being able to you know get back to get back level or find a winner potentially or whatever. I I, I would agree with, with all that. I mean, Vic Vic is someone who. Um... Week on he's so week. he's so impressive. I think. Yeah, I think he's so he's, good. He he he's not just a, a shot stopper. I think. I, I guess much like you could argue, um, prime Hugo Lloris. I mean, there's, there's certain goalkeepers that just give you that something extra, right? Maybe Hugo is in the perfect um, uh, example, just because people, I, I guess, think of the last few years rather than remember the type of player he was prior to that. Not saying mm. people dismissing how good Larice was. Uh, but it's just hard to maybe claw back some of those memories at the minute. But yeah, Vic, Vic, like like one or two keepers, like Allison, one or two others, it just gives you this extra bump. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this extra yeah. bit of confidence. And if it works for me in the stands, then it fucking works for the defence. And if you've got a defence who are, who are already on that kind of level, in, and, and it's like, it's it's not arrogance but it's it's supreme confidence bordering yeah. on arrogance but not but not genuine arrogance because obviously that's a little bit ugly but you know you look at Romero doesn't give a fuck and he's Rolls Royce but sometimes he's a little bit fast and furious you know <laughs> and Mickey van der Ven was obviously exceptional um and and and, and Vic at the back he, he he he's good with his feet um, sometimes too good, gets a bit carried away, but he's he saves like when you think that's going to beat him, and he just pulls out a save. He's very quick with he, with his head, with his hands, with his feet. Um, I just love the guy, and I think a lot of people have have kind of just gone back and and he's and, like one of my favourite players this yeah. season, and he's a fucking he, goalkeeper. Do you know? And what he, I mean? he wasn't meant to be any good. This is this is the the classic thing about football, right? We all know everything. Who's this Vicario? Never heard of him. He's shit. I don't, I don't, I don't, oh, he's played really badly in that pre-season game. I don't rate him. A lot, a lot of us thought that. A lot, some of us were quite vocal, not me. And that's fair enough because we do that a lot with football. You just think, you look at someone and you think, I've got the measure of you. I don't, I don't fancy you. You're not going to be any good. And every game, every game he solidifies just how good of a player he is. So kudos to, um, to Tottenham and the data gathering, if that was the case. Mm. Um, and and just buying someone who wasn't David Raya. I mean, I, I suppose the la- the last one on the on the defence bit, Spook as well. Yeah, go. Like, I, I'm I'm saying this with massive hindsight, obviously, and I definitely wasn't thinking it at the start of the game. Okay. Would do you think that we do you think anything would have been different had Dyer started? So, because for me, I think that the two goals we concede, I think one of them definitely doesn't happen. Just because of the way the, the space that Torres had to be able to head that ball away, yeah. I just thought Dyer would have been there just to get his bonds on it. Now yeah. I can't really speak for the second one because it's just a bit of a 
just what if scenario. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just, I just think for one of them certainly, and I just don't, and I just feel like he, I don't know if he would have been someone who's much more comfortable in that position than make someone like Royale in terms of sensing the know, danger in the know, middle. Do you know what, Danny? I, I, I was, I think we were talking about this after the game, mm. um, at, in in Tottenham. By the way, um, Beaver Town and some of the other bars were just rammed after the game absolutely really? <laughs> rammed like you know and everybody in good spirits um i know good. everyone fancied a beer probably on, on a sunday you know the early kickoff if you if you can even call it that but, but the vibe's it, so different isn't it because that yeah. last season that would have been oh, much everyone more been gone. people would have been gone yeah Mate, like, I, I think that's really football, good to hear it absolutely gone but it was fucking just rammed um so with Dyer, like if he had played, would Villa have changed the way they played? So it's one well, of those. That's I'm wondering. That's the other side of the coin that yeah. I was wondering. Do you so know what I mean? Like, would he have been exposed to more exactly. damage potentially probably. because of his they lack of pace? Have, they would have. They would have probably bullied him a little bit. Um, but I kind of get what you're saying. Um, and it's just it, something I thought I'd point out because I think it was something that is interesting to at least talk about because he's, yeah, he's literally yeah, yeah. the only other like obviously Davis I suppose you could look at as a centre back but because he plays left side of a three for Wales but we know that he's not the best in a two right so if you're going to play him I think you need to have someone who's maybe some maybe a bit more of like a natural centre back mm. to go alongside him but um but but Ange, but to be fair I mean Ange done it against Wolves and we ended up like conceding two late goals when Dyer and Davis were on the pitch so. Maybe he just felt that it would be, you know, he, he, he obviously he maybe just wanted to try something different, and it nearly paid off, yeah. right? So, I mean, you could say would it would it have been an even bit, a bigger baller move from from Postacoglu to have played Dyer as mm. well? It's like it's like imagine like again, this isn't a dig at Eric Dyer because I don't have anything against him. Obviously, I just don't think he fits into the football anymore that we're playing at Tottenham, and, and Ange believes that as well. But mm. you know, if 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 we played four fullbacks and everyone was like, oh my God, this is like, what is going on here? Four fullbacks. Imagine three fullbacks and Eric Dyer. And people would have been like, minds blowing. Oh my God, he's, he's playing Dyer in defence? <laughs> like, that, and that's how ridiculous the, the, the narrative around Dyer is, is. You know, Dyer isn't a bad footballer. No. I think, I think when you look back to last season, it was incredibly toxic on the pitch and off the pitch and in the dugout. And you had players who were playing with very little confidence and then making real schoolboy errors and then having punishing abuse or sarcastic applauding from very frustrated Tottenham supporters who were just fed up with, with everything. Um, and that would devastate you even more. It's not that he isn't a good footballer. We haven't done good by him for, for a long time. The club hasn't done good in many areas, and yes, this is a dig at the board and Levy and, and the appointments and the, 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 the recruitment aspect and, and just doubling down and thinking, do you know what, we, we need to bring in two players that can hit the ground running, that can replace uh, Ben Davis and, and Eric Dyer, and we didn't really do that. Not in mm. those moments at the right time, and now we're kind of left with legacy players who can't offer us as much as... Well, they they can't offer us anything in terms of longevity for 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 Postacoglu to say you're in my plans. And and credit to to Ange, he's telling Dyer, he's he's been quite uh, upfront with him. From I mean, our understanding of it, you know, reading into some of the the articles and yeah, you don't you don't quotes, think it's a case so... that they don't get on, do you? Like, no, no, I think definitely not. I, I think that Ange is 
is, is almost I think it's impossible to not like him if you're an, if you're a decent guy and I think we all know that Dyer is a reasonable decent human being um, yeah so he probably understands it and will want to fight for his place while he's still here but I do think that he knows that he's going to be off either in January or the summer um, but he's, you say he's telling Dyer he's telling the board as well man like he's showing them look this is what I'll, he's showing who he who he wants to use and who he doesn't want to use like leaving leaving out your only real recognised centre back. Mm. Like yeah. it, it, it's it does when when you're crying out for a centre back, yeah. like it, it tell it shows it sends a message, doesn't it? So yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, work to you, work to be you, done. You've got to say props for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, just just uh, um, just on on the whole Postacoglu uh, discussion. Um, mm. You know, like we you were talking to me before the pod, and you talk about pragmatism and, and kind of gung ho um, football. Uh, ethics and and the rest of it, sure. Obviously, I mean, I've not. This is difficult. I'm going to start slagging off people here without actually having <laughs> listened to what they've said. So I'll, I'll try and like dance around this as best as as I can. But I have seen little nuggets of you know the Guardian and a view from the lane and, and one or two other people having little digs towards Postacoglu, like almost taking the piss, like how much is too much, Ange, and, and you know. Why? Why are we giving this guy credit just because he says mate and he's very pally and very straightforward? Like it's almost like, what can I? We need to. We need an angle on Tottenham. What can we talk about? Like, there's not enough content there to to delve into, and it, and I find it quite disrespectful because you don't get question marks around how much is 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 too much Klopp or Pep, mm. you know? Like, why aren't people like? I mean, they, we do mock Pep when he go, goes off on one. His team's just won 7 0, and he's having a go at the striker that scored four because he missed the header that could have. You know, it's just those little things. The media and Sky and everyone say, lap things up. Oh, look. Look at the genius cooking on the touchline. Look at him. That's he's it's a nonsense, genius. isn't it? It's like... bullshit. But for Spurs, oh, we've got a manager that, talk, that doesn't talk bollocks. He, he basically uh, talks straight as it is. He's very honest, very upfront, cuts through the bullshit, and what now? That's boring. That now that's like, well, you know, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to start talking cryptically? In in like, why is why am I even talking about this? This is my point. Mm. These these guys are journalists or reporters, and I know, you know, it could be tongue in, in cheek. I know. Um, I know that there is an economy in being negative. There's an eco- there is there's been an economy that some people have made money off for a decade plus off the back of this narrative around Spurs, you know, being nearly men and Levy not spending money and all these other all these other story arcs. Like there's there's discourse when you're talking about things where you can criticise, and I'm not sat here saying that we can't criticise Ange Postacoglu or we can't think mm, maybe he could have done something different. And we've kind of done that today, sort of. But generally speaking, everything that he has done and shown us is enough for me to believe in the long term. And I think that's far more important than the short term, as difficult as the short term is. So in your mind, in your head, um, are you are you fine with the whole, this is how we play, mate. This is how we play. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to change. Yeah, no, totally. Because I don't think that it's like anything. I don't think that things could be should be taken like too, you know, too literally. Like when managers, you got to remember, like these people are just being asked questions 
at least twice a week, every week, right? And it's a lot of the same old bollocks. So they've got to say, they just feel like, I feel like sometimes the managers are just saying what they sort of feel they want to say that week as well, you know? But I do think that he's got core beliefs in how he wants to play football. So I don't think, so if he's got those beliefs, I don't think he should just abandon principles. But this, and, and by not doing that, and by doing that, I'm not saying that he's then another Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa, you know? Mm. Like mm. that for me, like as long as we don't get to that level of, 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 I don't, what's the word? Is it obtuseness or whatever? Is that yeah, the word? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like that was just needless stubbornness, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I didn't even understand what he was trying to do. And then I remember his, in, I remember his interview before he got sacked because we played them. I think it was. I think we were the ones who played. I them think we slumped them. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We dicked them like six one or something stupid. And like he was saying afterwards, he was basically trying to say afterwards that. It's people. It's people not doing what they need to do. My my system is perfect. There's nothing wrong with my system. It was very. It was almost Conte like. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and as long as we don't get to that point, which I don't think we will, because I don't think Ange is that obtuse a person. You can see that he 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 understands footballers, and he understands that footballers want to want to. They they need certain things to feel like they're in an environment to do well. They need to feel hurt. They need to feel heard. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. These are things that he said. Mm. So I don't think that he'll all of he he can't we can't on one hand like praise him for saying that he's you know brilliant because he understands people and he understands that different you, you there's different ways to get the best out of certain players and all the rest of it yeah. and then think and then think for another minute that he's going to be someone who will say it's my way or the highway get with it because we're not getting that vibe are we like what I'm reading and what I'm seeing from when I'm just looking at the players and the way we're playing is that they're enjoying what they're being asked to do they're yeah. willing to do it like, they yeah, were exactly. knackered by they were knackered well before the end of that game at the weekend as well like they ran their socks off and I think that was the that was another little concern obviously was that we've not got a lot of depth all over the pitch right now so it's going to be the same 11 that's being churned out every week at the moment like for a little mm. while and that's fine. And, it, and they've been off the got press one... and sworn. Yeah, and... It, exactly. Like they gave it, they gave it the go. And I think the fact that they didn't take the early chances was ultimately what lost us the game because yeah. you're then so knackered, you almost can't go to another level for the final yeah. twenty minutes. So Villa well, look, just had to coast to a certain extent. What what we're gonna do is we're we're gonna we're gonna stop there for uh, for the 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 podcast that goes out free on. Uh, all podcast apps we're going to continue chatting on the patreon only part of the podcast i want to continue talking about this pragmatism and gung-ho stuff but i also want to look at the little matter of man city away on sunday bloody hell Uh, and and the potential (laughs) to go i mean it's mad isn't it we're like possibly four defeats on the trot in any other moment in the last 10-15 years that would have got the manager sacked and yet it's probably that it's probably going to be the best Four successive defeats we've ever had in our history. It's just like <laughs> Chilean, DVD, <laughs> DVD standards here. We're going to have to release a Blu-ray. Um, we're going to chat about City uh, away. Um, going to chat a little bit about January because I feel that that's something that's going to... It's just going to swallow everyone up when, when, when it's here. And, and let's try and enjoy Christmas um, before we get to the transfer window. Um, and I definitely want to talk about some cracks in the fan base because it could get worse and does that mean i have to go on the offensive probably um so thanks for listening check out um spooky in purgatory which is on patreon.com for the full podcast 
and see you next time.